I'm probably gonna make a lot of people mad because people don't like to agree to this, but sales is numbers. Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Joining Brad on this episode of Decision Point is Tom Slocum. Tom is Director of Sales Enablement at Milestone Incorporated, as well as co-founder and CRO of Outbound SOS. Tom specializes in helping founders and SDRs drives their sales pipeline and increase their enablement. To learn more about Outbound SOS or Tom himself, you can either reach out to him on LinkedIn or go to go.outboundsos.com. So Tom, tell me how, tell me where you, how you got to where you're like, tell me about the business and tell me how you got to where you're at. Yeah. So I've, I've had an amazing sales journey. I've been doing it since 2007 Right now, I'm actually in transition. I am a director of sales enablement for a digital marketing agency known as Milestone. Just hitting my two years next month. And I'm also transitioning into going public with my own company, Outbound SOS, with my partner, Jeff Swan. So kind of making that transition over the next uh, 30 days or so and, and kind of becoming this entrepreneur. But in the last few years, you know, it wasn't always that for me, right? I started in 07 at Discover Card, a financial company. And I learned, I loved cold calling. I loved being in the, the sales floor. I loved being, you know, headset on, calling people. Then I kind of took my, my skills to selling cars. I landed at 18, 19, being able to sell cars on a car lot. And, you know, I just, I don't know, fell in sales from there, never left it, you know? And now I've been able to find my place in the world of sales development for about six years now. And that's kind of found my niche. And now that's why I'm doing Outbound SOS. I'm, you know, working as a director of sales development and enablement with Milestone, helping companies, you know, build and scale their, their sales teams in a way that are effective. Now, now is Milestone, is, so the one thing I want to make sure that we cover is I want to talk about yeah. the lessons that you learned selling cars. And then I want to learn a little bit about the journey of how you go from cars to probably more of an inside sales role and, and business development role. But before we do that, what can you tell me a little bit about the two uh, about the two businesses? So Milestone, just so that everybody can have some context around what you what you kind of where you've come from, what you're doing today. So is Milestone more of a digital agency, and then your yeah. trans? Okay. Yep. So they're a digital marketing agency for the enterprise space, and so we help companies with you know their SEO picture, everything from schema to web design to the way that they're appearing online. I mean, I've been here two years helping them build and scale their sales development team. And so started as the first SDR. Now we have a team of seven and, and, you know, we're cruising and doing really well in the sales world. So that's my nine to five or was my nine to five. That's what I had found, you know, building a second team for the second time. Prior to that, I did it for three years, grew a team from three to 30 SDRs. It was an SDR operations manager at the end and then, you know, took over for Milestone. And now it's led me into this great world over this last year with COVID and, and kind of the way the sales communities popped up and, and there was a way for me to really shine. I, I found, you know, something I've been working on for four years in the background of building and scaling sales development teams with people and mentoring, you know, individual contributors. I was able to take this company to a, an actual company, right? It can be my full-time job. It didn't just turn into side projects or side conversations, but actually turned into a way that I was able to build something and, and find a partner. 
So now I'm transitioning to that, right? That's going to be my, my nine to five, right? Is me building my own company, going to market to help sales development teams be more successful in prospecting. So I'm working with CEOs and founders to kind of educate them and consult them on building out their outbound engine. And then if they're struggling SDR team already, taking them through interactive training to level up their, their email, their social selling, their cold calling, maybe some of their processes, designing playbooks for them and putting them through that, you know, that program as well. So is it a little, little bit of hands-on co- coaching, but it sounded like you had some operational background. So as part of that, setting up the, setting up the email tools, setting up the stack, it's, op- is it, op- is that right? It's optimizing. It's doing the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So it's a whole 12 week program that is, you know, self-led with a mixture of consulting or coaching, right? Sessions through, through, you know, teachers like myself. And it covers everything, right? From from identifying the ICP, your TAM, your your target market, to your operational pieces. What's your tech stack going to look like? You know, what can you afford? What do you want to put into place? And then, you know, how do you want to build out your CRM sales process, right? What is the handoff going to look like? All of that scalability there, and then the actual points on the board, the messaging, the the cadences, the processes that you know you're going to build out. To where then you can finally bring in that player coach or that first hire and, and they're set up for success, right? I've watched for two years, three years, people bring people in and then, you know, hire three directors in less than a year because there's such broken communication on how a sales development team is supposed to be ran versus what you're expecting from somebody to come in and do. You know, those expectations are a little off. So this is an opportunity for us to give back and coach some of those startups or those founders on hey, you're starting to go to market. You want to bring in that first hire, but let's take a step back and build out your process first. How's it going to look? Let's tee them up with the right messaging and then bring them in. And then that's led to kind of us dabbling in staffing, right? We're starting to fill headcounts for people. You know, hey, I'll use my power of my network on LinkedIn. I run a sales community known as Rev League that has about 1,600 members in it, SDRs, AEs. So a lot of talent, right? So then we plug in people that align with our methodology that we're teaching. And then, you know, we can hire, get them in play with these companies, or they know that they're going to hire somebody and give them a right off the bat, you know, a process that's going to work. What do you think the biggest, so you talked about, you know, kind of executive levels, bringing people on, having off expectations. What do you feel like the biggest uh, misnomers, challenges, or just o- oversights that an executive team makes as they're bringing on a sales development rep or a team or building out a team? Well, the first one is the expectations, the metrics, right? Understanding what that actually means. What goals are you going to assess for this person? What's their day-to-day going to look like? And, and being able to build that out, you know, is it 40 meetings a month? Who knows? Maybe it's only 10, right? Like, what is that? How do you define that? And what are you going to, you know, set those goals as? And then the other thing is giving them the right tools, too many are held back on trying to, you know, throw some duct tape at it, right? They bring in a player coach, one person, and they think they can hold it all together and and build in pipeline and, and prove this proof of concept, but they don't want to put any investment into it. Um, and they're just hoping, hey, can I give you a phone book and a, and a phone and you can get to work, right? Like, can you just start booking meetings? <laughs> and it's like, there's a lot to it that, you know, unfortunately, not everybody's, there's not a program out there or this whole, you know, college that puts you in a position to understand the world of sales development, right? It's just like when people open a restaurant, they they're good at cooking, but they don't know business. So sometimes it's not good that, you know, they may not succeed 
because they just know how to cook, but they don't right. know what it's like to run the books or, you know, set up the real expectations of when are you going to pull that first actual paycheck or profit, right? All that stuff. And it's kind of the same way with startups and, and founders when they're building this is there's broken communication on what those expectations look like. What's the proper tech that I actually do need to invest in for my team for so that they can win? And then how can I help lead, you know, from, from above here, you know, and put them in a position to win? I read that Trish, and I think I read this in her, in her book, Trish Bertuzzi in the sales yes. development playbook said that she had a client and they're kind of, they're, they're six months into the outbound program and it's going awful. And they said, Hey, we think we're going to wind it down. And she says, Hey, just give it six more months. And she said, when they talked to her after six more months, it, 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 it had recovered and it, it turned into a strong channel for them. I think one of the big challenges people make with outbound is that a, they think it's inbound. It's not, it's totally <laughs> separate. And then it takes time, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a different, it, it, it takes time. And, and if you can get it going, look, the biggest organizations in the, in the world have outbound sales development teams. They wouldn't do that if it didn't work, you know? It, so, so I, th- I think the one thing that, that people, just my observation is people don't give it enough time, right? They, it, uh, it's, you can be the best on the phone and, and it's still, you can't just walk into somebody's business one day, pick up the phone, make 10 phone calls and potentially book a meeting, right? It, it's very rare. You don't just get to walk in and just pick up a phone and make that deal. It takes time. It takes brand awareness. It takes consistent activity, right? And building that buzz. So when you're first getting into that, the first couple months is just getting the volume up there, getting it out hard and fast, right? Letting the reps fail, make a hundred dials a day, just not for the metric of making a hundred dials, but for the at bats and just getting buzz out there, getting the emails going, start doing the outreach. So that way what you're doing today impacts you three months from now, right? Because it's all about planting seeds every day, even on rolling a zero in the day, isn't a bad thing. You planted 30 seeds today with your intentional outreach by sending that email or making that extra phone call that, you know, you got to tend to your garden. It takes time for that garden to come to fruition. And the one day you take off and don't, you know, actually nurture it, you're going to feel it in a week or two when those, you know, things don't sprout because you didn't water them for three days. Yeah. I, I find one of the things I go, I go to a lot of conferences, I go to, you know, fireside chats and, and I hear a lot of people talk. And the, the biggest mistake that I think most companies make is that they just don't do anything, right? Like they, yeah. they, they dabble, right? So, you know, it doesn't, whether it's inbound, whether it's outbound, they're not focused on uh, a specific direction and they're throwing a lot of stuff at the wall to try to get something to stick. And at some point you got to channel, you got you got to focus in and channel your, your efforts, whether that's inbound, whether that's outbound. You've got to you've got to focus on getting a specific result. Now, one of my favorite, I, lo- I don't know why I like this quote uh, so much, but Roger Penske, Indianapolis guy. So Penske buys the the Speedway. He's a kind of a legend here, and you see his trucks every day. Just you know, he's I, if you don't know much about Roger Penske, he's not just a race car driver owner, but he he owns a lot of stuff. He's a billionaire. He owns a lot of stuff. Yeah. So he owns. Penske owns everywhere. Uh, everywhere. I think he owns. I think I read he owns like 225 dealerships or something. Uh, a lot of them don't even have his name on them. But but one of his kind of ongoing lines is effort equals results, and I think that's really true in, in a lot of stuff. You, typically, now that's not to say. Look, we've all seen a sales development rep 
who, who's maybe hustling that's not getting the results. But in yeah. most cases, if you're not putting in the effort, you're not getting the results. It's it's pretty much that. It's pretty much that simple. It's it's there's no secret sauce, right? I've I've been doing cold calling and I've been doing outbound sales for 14 years. I pick up a phone, I make my lead list, I do it all. And, and there's a lot of education on LinkedIn content out there. There's trainings, everything. But it really does just come down to your efforts and, and putting in the work. It, it's a very hard job. It's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of repetitive behaviors, but there's also every day is a new challenge. Every day is a new scenario you're going to find, but it's all about the effort, right? You've got to put in numbers. You've got to put in activity sales. I, I, I'm probably going to make a lot of people mad because people don't like to agree to this, but sales is numbers. It's why do they all not like to agree to that? That seems to be controversial. And so I'm going to hone in on that. Why, why, why do people, why, why do you say sales is a numbers game? And everybody goes to arms. It's it's a hot take. And I don't know why, because it's it's sales, it's numbers, it's math, it's data. It's There's a science to sales. Is it an art or a science, right? And and what is that debate? And, and this whole thing about, it's not numbers. It can be very specific, right? Why go make 200 dials to get one appointment when I can make 10 dials this specific way? And that's fine. And there is an art and people will find their lanes but every single one of us at the end of the day have to show up every day. Every day rent is due and you have to put in that effort. It doesn't matter. So I, I and I think data doesn't, you can't lie. If it, if I go over a whole quarter and I book 60 meetings in that quarter, I should be able to know how I did that, right? By, hey, I did for every 50 dials, I booked a meeting. Okay. And then for every meeting, I had half of them show. Okay. And you work back off of that because that data is important. It puts you in the right way to find the art, right? Can like, you imagine if you went to the major league, if you went to the baseball, major league baseball coaches and said batting wasn't about numbers? Oh, they'd be an uproar. They'd be like, what do you mean? Oh, it's all about the art. You just got to watch the ball. No, you don't. Stop. Stop. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot more to it than just, okay, you know some pitches, right? There is an It's a round bat with a round ball. And that is a challenge no matter who who moving at a hundred and some miles an hour from what is that ten yards or how far away how far is the plate? Twenty yards? I think it's twenty yards, right? Something crazy. And like watching from a TV, you don't even notice it, right? It seems so close. And then you go out there and you're like, oh wow, like you're getting hit a ball from that far, like with a round bat. It's a challenge, and that's the same thing with cold calling, right? Or warm calling or whatever you want to call it now, outbound calling people out of the blue. Is, is a challenge. It's You're dealing with the curveballs, the fastballs, all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, you have to get into reps. What have they been sharing recently? Have you seen they've been talking about Kobe, right? What did he miss? 15,000 shots in his entire career. 15,000 shots. It's the most in NBA history, but he's one of the greats. And we don't talk about that, right? But he had to put in those reps to be able to reach that greatness. Same oh, yeah. with you. You have to put in the reps to reach the greatness. It's just sure. how it goes. You got it. So, so there's so much I want to co- I want to cover here. So I'm gonna hop, I'm gonna hop around. I probably got out of order. So you you there's uh, kind of two things that you said I want to make sure I highlight. The first one is you said you sold used cars. So I want to go back. I want to yeah. talk about uh, that experience, how you made the transition, what you what you learned, and then the other thing is that you set appointments for a marketing company. I know marketing companies, service businesses don't yeah. always gravitate towards inbound. So I want to cover that. So let's go back. Let's go way back and let's start with selling selling used cars. How'd you get the job? And then what'd you learn? 
one of my most amazing experiences. So at the time I was living with my grandparents. I, like I said, I was working at Discover Card and I really enjoyed it. But my grandparents were in for a new car. So they had went to Nissan out in our, our neighborhood and we're going through the process. And my grandmother is a social butterfly, talks to anyone and everyone. And so she got talking with some people and they were looking for some openings. And she was, of course, bragging about her grandson. So I got the opportunity, right? They landed this interview and she was like, hey, my friend's looking for a rep. You know, I thought it would be great for you to check it out. So I was like, okay. So I went, I landed the job at 18 years old, got into it, selling cars. And I went through this crazy training that was down in like a weird building, like business offices. And I had to show up every day at 8 a.m. till five in the afternoon and like learn this concept of what it was like to psychologically sell the psychology behind selling cars and learning all these little like into windows and behaviors. And then this four, four, four block car sales process, like trade-in value, monthly car payment uh, cost, and like this formula you have to use to, to get people their payment. So I went through this whole craziness and I loved it. Then I made it onto the lot and I got eaten alive for a little bit. It was intimidating as hell to be around some 40-year-old men, 45-year-old <laughs> guys, you know, sitting and hearing the, the the locker room talk on the car lot and watching when somebody pull up just the, the viciousness that would come out and they'd start fast walking and trying to beat the person to their car. And like, it was crazy, but I did really well. I started learning about referrals. I got taken under the wing by a mentor there, one of the older guys, and you know, taught to look at my, my Rolodex of business at 18 years old, my friends. He's like, you got friends that are looking to buy cars, right? Bring them in here. Get familiar with just what you do know, the people you are talking about. You know, so I started bringing in my friends with their parents and started making some deals to, to get them into some cars. Learn the number one trick of, you know, the whole point is to get you to visualize yourself in that vehicle. So my whole point and goal is to get you in a test drive talking about the vision of what it would be like to be in that car with your family, going on vacation, single guy getting that great truck, the mom getting her soccer van, you know, and, and play this story out. Now, do, they te- do they teach, do they teach you that? Yeah. Yeah. They teach you the importance of, of putting the, the, the product in their hand. That's how important it is. Right. Like you can talk about, and I had to learn that because I was very, they didn't really think I was going to make it because the woman who owned the lot, once she found out I worked there, I actually called me into her office and was very concerned about me working there because she didn't think an 18 year old could convince somebody to spend $40,000. Think about it. Like she was like, have you ever held $40,000 cash? Do you even know the value of that? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting ripped apart here. Like I didn't realize this was such a bad thing, you know, but she was like, just tell me, can you sell that vision? And I sold her the vision and she was like, okay, you get it. You know, you don't have to physically have it. And it was all about just that training they gave me, which was get them in the car, let them feel it, let them, you know, talk this story through in their head of how they're going to use this car. And then guess what? They don't even ask price after that. They just know I got to have this car. So you take them back inside and you work down the deal and you get them to sign the dotted line. I feel um, like in my, my car experience, visualizing the car just seems like the, the no brainer, but I don't know that I've ever really experienced anybody doing that very well. I mean, it's just pretty simple. Like, you know, hey, walk. Hey, you're driving this thing. What do you think? Walk me yeah, through. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very common. taking this thing if you drive it off the lot today. I, I mean, well, there's a lot of things in sales that are pretty simple and obvious, and yet we still don't do the basics, right? You don't even. And, and sometimes the greatest salesman, you shouldn't feel that way either. You shouldn't feel like you're being sold to. It shouldn't feel like no, I, that. I, I think the client ultimately has to sell themselves. 
I mean, if you're selling them, they get, they're going to get buyer's remorse, right? I mean, you can't make somebody do something. They, it, it's, you can't, right? It, it's the whole point of sales isn't to, to sell. It's to promote action and, and, you know, get somebody to make that buying decision or help them get there. You know, we're guidance counselors, we're life coaches, we're trying to help you understand, you know, making moves in your everyday life. And people don't realize how awesome that is, that you can influence somebody from a cold call, an email exchange, outreach in some way to make a buying decision with you and your company, all because you were able to make a connection with them and, and get them to think what taking action could mean for me. You've motivated them to take action and it's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. They've got, I mean, you can't buy something until you've thought, I mean, so the one, and I, this is not a sales movie, but I think this is, I think this is a good movie because <laughs> the secret, and I, the secret, what is it? The secret life of Walter Mitty. You know how he's, you know, have you seen that movie? Okay. So basically the whole movie is he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a second. There's two, there's two characters in the movie. There's the guy, Walter Mitty. And then there's this second kind of version of the guy is, is the, the secret life of Walter Mitty. And so Walter Mitty's basically having these day-to-day interactions. And I think he's like a librarian or something. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, <laughs> but he's always injecting or, or, re, or replaying the visions in his head. Like the movie's basically about how, so he has an experience where he meets a, I think he meets like an explorer. Well, all of a sudden he's an explorer in his head and he's like playing out all his, these adventures as if, as if he was living them, even though he's just a librarian or a, 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 an actuary exactly. or something like that. So the, the point that I'm bringing up in this story is that I think um, that we all have a little bit of that, right? We're all playing out scenarios in our head um, yeah. as, we're having inter- as we're having interactions. They can be aspirational. They can be deprecating. But we're all, we're, you know, as you're interacting with people and you're going about your life, you're having these, these, these thoughts. So yeah. ultimately, when you buy something, you got to get somebody to visualize actually using the product or making a change. And I'm, I mean, it's I, like buying the newest cell phone, right? Like you'll be looking at it online and you'll look at it a couple of days or whatnot. But then that moment you actually go outside or you run by that store and that person lets you feel it, touch it and actually put it to, to an item. You're like, oh, I need this, right? It's just how it is, right? We want those tangibles. And so that's why I try to teach people or, or help people when they're out, outbound prospecting through cold calling and stuff is create that same experience. I know it's hard that we don't have the tangibles, but make it a tangible, put it to something with your prospect, right? Let them- so what's that look like? So talk, so talk, like, how would, how would you coach somebody? Let's, I'd ask you about marketing companies, outbound sales teams. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but like talk about in a marketing situation where you're selling a service. So there's not a tangible, I can't put you in this. I can't necessarily put you in the driver's seat. How would you coach somebody through that? How would you make something tangible on a call? Well, you sort of do, right? Like when we're, when I'm calling these clients about their, their SEO experience, right? What their website looks like, what it's encouraging their prospects to do. Guess what I can do? I can show them what it should look like. Hey, are you near your computer? Right. Or, Hey, have you done a Google search on yourself lately? You know? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, have you looked at your, you know, have you done a search of what it would look like from, from your prospects view on the experience? And they're like, I've never done that. So my ears are going to perk up a lot because I, I think there's so much, particularly in the tech space, I think there's so much focus on the meeting 
that that you just got into the intangibles is like interacting with the prospect. Yeah. About about the things that, you know, we're so focused on like, let's get you to the meeting, let's get you to the demo. But but that little that little move right there, hey, have you thought I like it? Hey, have you thought of have you Google it? Google it. Are you at your computer? Google what that what comes up. That does it for this episode of Decision Point. Now, the conversation with Tom is not done. Stay tuned for the next episode of Decision Point, where Tom and Brad will dig more in-depth into these controversial takes by Tom. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. You can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time.